Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. I always, always get inspired by that and Martin Luther King's speech. So for those of us that uh, are younger, um, and really was like, what was that about? In 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech. That was just a very small part of it. Delivered to over 250,000 people on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. The speech was a defining moment in the American civil rights movement. And King had a dream. And it literally didn't just change his life. It changed millions upon millions of people's lives, what he carried. He used to be a pastor before he was an activist, so he's, he's just awesome. So I want to talk about having God-inspired dreams this morning. And I wanted to start a, a new series, but um, this week I just had this whole uh, strong impression from the Lord on my heart, I believe, just to encourage us again that God has given us all dreams And for many of us, life has happened, and those dreams have been forgotten, or those dreams have been pushed down, Um, and it's time to dream again. It's time for us to understand that we've got the God of the impossible is our Heavenly Father. Nothing is impossible for Him, and we are His children, and He's given us these incredible dreams and visions in our heart. It's time to, to start believing again. It's time for those dreams to be reawakened again, regardless of how old we are or young we are or what, how, how life has changed from what we thought it would be. So I'm pretty excited, and I hope you guys are excited as well, because it's going to be an encouraging message. Are you encouraged already? You, know, you want your God dreams to come true in your life? Four people. So before I get any further, like, what am I talking about when I talk about dreams? Like we have dreams at night and if you're anything like me, they're just like so weird most of the time. When I'm talking about those dreams this morning, when I talk about dreams, I'm, I'm talking about a vision for your life given to you by God that inspires and empowers not just you, but other people as well. And uh, God gives us all dreams. And um, like I said at the start, although, like life has a way of just like, beating down our dreams. And then we sort of forget them and we grow old and and, and we get all pale and tragic in our lives. I want to read Matthew 18, verse 3. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. And that has always surprised me because if I was Jesus and if I was wanting to make a statement like that, it's like, unless you turn from your sins and start following God with your whole heart and start hearing from Him and doing what He's asked you to do and discipling others and, and, and hearing those words, well done, good and faithful servant, then you'll, you'll enter the kingdom of heaven, that sort of thing. But actually, Jesus didn't say that at all. He said, unless you turn from your sins, and what does He say next? And become like little children. You will never get into the kingdom of heaven. And that absolutely fascinates me. Jesus is saying that there are some characteristics about children that we absolutely need as as sons and daughters of God. That that are so important and, and that are so crucial in our lives to have those characteristics that he put it like the second thing you do after you pretty much repent of your sins. I don't believe Jesus is talking about becoming childish at all, but he is talking about becoming childlike. 
And one of the biggest aspects I know about kids, because I was one once upon a time, is they have no problems dreaming big dreams. Like nothing is impossible in their imagination for a child because they got, have got no boundaries as far as dreams go. And for me, if, if you were to ask me from the time I watched Star Wars, like three and a half years old, until, I don't know, seven or eight or nine or ten, like all I wanted to do was become an astronaut. And I remember so many adults come to me and maybe they just want to have conversation, I'm not sure, but they would always say, well, what do you want to do when you grow up, Simon? And it's like, I want to be an astronaut. And then they sort of just laugh at you. No, they don't laugh, but... On the inside, maybe that's it. Oh, yeah, that's nice. But I really wanted to become an astronaut. And, and I had an old Disney book, and I think it was Donald Duck. He put a, a fish bowl on top of his head, and he was sitting in like a galvanized rubbish bin. And he had like you know, those, those Acme black bombs with the, the fuse. He lit that, jumped in the rubbish bin, he had his fish bowl, and like he went to, went to space. That was my plan. <laughs> I remember this is like a foolproof way of how I'm going to get to space one day. Like, I dreamed big. I don't dream of being an astronaut anymore. But kids and children dream big dreams, healthy children. And I believe we all have a dream and that we need to begin to dream again, even though life happens and our dreams get diminished. So start to dream again. Start to have that characteristic of, of a childlike faith again. And you know what? We can dream big dreams because we know the person who makes dreams come true, and his name is Jesus. And that's, that's the amazing thing that's happened at the cross, is we were once slaves to sin, and, and, and dreams frustrate slaves, because they are bound up, that there, there's no hope of becoming truly free, so the slaves don't dream because they know it's not going to come true. But if you are a son of a king, then dreams don't frustrate you. They excite you because you know that your father, the king, can make dreams come true. So dreams no longer become frustrating and something that is never going to happen. They become something that inspires you and excites you because you know the person that's your dad who can make those dreams come true. We are no longer slaves. We are sons and daughters of God. Nothing is impossible for him. Therefore, our God dreams can come true. Are we all tired this morning? Like went to bed at two o'clock or something because the king, earthly king was crowned. I just went to bed. Like, I watched portions of it. Not talking about the earthly king, talking about our father in heaven. We're no longer slaves, but we're sons. He who the son sets free is free. Indeed, we are free to dream. And there's a, a book that was quite famous several years ago called Wild at Heart by John Eldred's. He wrote in it, so if you had permission to do what you really wanted to do, and what would you do? Start, just start making a list of the things that deep, you deeply desire to do with your life, great and small. And remember, don't ask yourself how. How is never the right question. How is a faithless question. How is God's department? He is asking you what. What is written in your heart? What makes you come alive? If you could do what you've always wanted to do, what would it be? Many, many years ago, like almost 30 years ago, I was a hairdresser apprentice for one year. I honestly don't know what I was thinking. Um, but I was, and as part of the course, they like 
all the hairdresser apprentices go to like motivational speaker, like a, a, a star in the hairdressing world it comes to New Zealand or whatever, and they give a little bit of a, a speech. So I went to one of those, and like everyone was so passionate about becoming the greatest hairdresser in the world and starting a hairdresser a salon up. And, and he basically challenged us, and he said, well, if, if, you know, close your eyes, and if, if, if you're not dreaming right now about becoming the world's best hairdresser, you're in the wrong profession, so just resign. And I, I'm assuming everyone's like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And like, Mia's like, nah, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I know that God was calling me to ministry at that stage, but the last thing I wanted to do was being, so I, I resigned soon after that. Um, but that was good advice. So, so if you could, like, money wasn't an option, um, you know, what would you dream of doing in this life, because the closer we get to the heart of God, God's heart and what moves God's heart starts to move our heart, and He gives us these dreams and calls on our life, and those things start to excite us and inspire us and motivate us. So, like, I don't think many of us actually do this sit down and actually start writing down what are some of the dreams in your life. So, for me, and these are just some, and um, they're not like hugely fantastic, but their dreams for me effectively are communicating the truths of the Bible in a way that is applicable to people's everyday lives. That's always been a dream of mine, and I'm so thankful that I can do that, I can live that dream. Pastor a great church and encourage other pastors. My kids discovering and fulfilling their call and purpose in life. Now I've got, like, those are like big God dreams, but then I've just got some hard case dreams as well. And I think they are so good as, as well, because for my kids to as, as their dad, to see them happy and loving life, it touches my heart as well. So I don't think we have to all be legalistic about this. I do think that God wants to see our dreams come true if we follow him first. So like shark cage dive with a big great white, like that's always been, I know I shared about that before, like I'll be in the cage and the shark will be outside of the cage, but that's something I, I want to do. Um, finish our house and be freehold, like it's probably a bigger dream for Christy uh, than me, but it's like, I just want to make a pinball machine or something at the moment, but it's like, I've got to finish the house. Travel through Europe. This is probably the biggest one. If, as I'm getting older, I'm nearly 49, which is, which is pretty awesome, old timer. But I want to be a Gandalf to all the Frodo's in the world. And for, for the one person that doesn't know what that means, the Lord of the Rings, um, story by J.A.R. Tolkien, how he was a man of faith. It's all about Frodo as the hero of the story, but in Frodo, for Frodo to do what he could do and, and save Middle-earth, there was a whole lot of people that contributed, and one of them was, was Gandalf, which was an older man, very wise. He, he fought his own battles, but he was there to see Frodo succeed. And that's probably a, a dream that's growing more and more um, bigger in my life, is, is to, to be that to other people. You know that every kid is only one caring adult away from a success story. Every son and daughter of God is only one caring adult that, that believes in them and prays for them and disciples them and mentors away from incredible ministries. So that's sort of as I'm getting a little bit older, that's what my dream is. And, and this is what I want to say. Your dreams will be completely different. But when God is co-laboring with you and your dream, nothing is impossible anymore. Nothing is impossible because we're no longer slaves. We're sons and daughters of God. So that's just a little bit of a, an introduction. But when we start to talk about dreams and unpack them, 
Because one thing to have a dream, but like so many people never see their dreams realized, what are some things that we need to understand about the aspects of the dream that we, we can work on and we can understand to see our God dreams come true? Number one, there is a promise, the promise of the dream. So the four points, promise, passion, people, and process, they're on the Bible app. I'm so sorry, last week's notes, I set them up to to be posted in June, so I was a couple of months ahead, but I've made them live, so you'll have two live um, sermons, but if you, know, if you wanted to save those, I know some of the home group leaders do, there's two up at the moment, so go on your Bible app, the notes are there. So, the promise of the dream, Psalm 37:45. take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Like, that's a promise if ever there was one, isn't it? Take delight. What does it mean to delight? And you look up this word, it basically means to be really, really, really happy with God. And and to be so happy that other people can see you're happy about God. Delighting, being so joyful, being so happy about God. So it's really putting God first in your life. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then it goes down to verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. And he will do this. But you've got to understand there is an order to this. Like so many people pursue their dreams. And it doesn't necessarily come to pass. But the Bible says don't worry about pursuing your dreams. Pursue God first. And then he will work out your dreams. So it it all comes down to who is the God of your life. Who's the, the, the motivating person in your life? Is it a thing or an item or an ideal or is it the living God? As we put God first, as we make him the desire of our heart, then he will work in your life to bless you. And I want to say something about this because so many of us, we have these big dreams because we want to heal the brokenness in our hearts. And because life happens, I've said that a few times already, but uh, people get hurt and people get broken and we're sort of all broken to some extent. And so there become these big deficit areas in our life and then we want to see a dream fulfilled to sort of fill that hole and to bring healing to that brokenness. A fulfilled dream will never heal a broken heart. Only Jesus will heal a broken heart. And that's why so like reading about Olympians who... Um, have won the gold medal and for so many years, like for so many hours, that's all they did, train to, to win a gold medal. They win the gold medal and it's like, well, is this it? And um, I've heard stories of then gold medal winners and other people that have done great achievements in life, they just get hit with depression because that was all that they pinned their hopes on to find some huge fulfillment in life and like they have a great achievement, but it doesn't fill that hole. Only Jesus can fill that hole in our lives. That's something to, to remember about dreams. So, but there is an absolute promise to the dream, and I love that. Delight yourself in the Lord. Then he will give you the desires of your heart. Don't pursue the desires of your heart. Pursue God. So secondly, the passion of the dream. Like a God dream will give us passion. Uh, we will be passionate about it. And it will inspire and empower you, and it will inspire and empower others. And a classic example of that is the, the speech we saw from Martin Luther King Jr. His dream inspired millions of people and is still very inspirational. So if it's a God dream, like we will devote time to it. We will devote energy. We will invest to see it happen. We'll do it for free uh, because it's such a huge dream and passion 
we have. And um, I believe, and this is maybe going a little bit sideways, but we need to get a passion for church again because the church is God's dream. Like the vehicle in which to see his kingdom come and advance on planet earth, it's by his church and through his church into this society. So if there was any dream worth being passionate about, it's, it's the church. And uh, when we get a hold of that, then that will be so inspirational and motivate us. And, um, and, and we will get involved and we will serve and we will start ministries. Um, so I really do think that's, that's awesome. We get a passion about that. So the promise, the passion, number three, the people. Like the best dreams will always involve blessing other people. The dreams where we will see God do incredible things and, and be the most fulfilled will always be when the dreams that we have bless others. So again, like shark cage diving with a great white, yeah, like that's, that's awesome. That's a dream. I, like if I die before that happens, I'm not going to lose too much sleep, I guess. <laughs> but there are dreams that will inspire so many people. Those are the best dreams. And I think those are God dreams. When, when the dreams we have, we know will bless others. And like I had this massive list, like a whole A4 of little font writing. And um, like I just sort of caught like a, a quarter or a third of it. And these aren't necessarily dreams I have, but I just wanted to give you guys some examples because there is like the passion that we have and there is always going to be involved, uh, going to involve people. And, and then when we hear some of these, it can ignite a vision in our heart. So for example, I dream of helping struggling mothers. I dream about blessing people with my practical skills. I dream about strengthening marriages from God's word. I dream about saving souls for God. I dream about making the Bible come alive to young people. I dream about sharing God's love overseas. I dream about conquering poverty for God. I dream about rescuing people from human trafficking. I dream about restoring hope to hurting people. I dream about helping people to overcome addictions. With the love of Jesus, I dream about meeting physical needs of those who are in financial difficulty. I dream about empowering people to live healthy lifestyles. I dream about writing stories that inspire people to follow God. I dream about helping others grow spiritually. I dream about using media as a means to impact lives. I dream about praying for people and seeing them healed. I dream about seeing broken people restored to live hope-filled lives. And the list goes on and on and on. What dreams do you have? What dreams do you have that can help other people? It's time to dream again. It's time to lift our eyes to the Lord that, that hears our dreams and has put those dreams in our life and can see those dreams come to pass. And as we seek Him first, and as He sees our heart to really make a difference and help other people, He will see those dreams come true. And not only will we be fulfilled in life and inspired, that will always encourage and help and bless other people. Number four, the process. Oh, actually, before I get into that, it's, it's, I think helping people, and those are the, those are the real ways we get in full, fulfilled in life. That's why so many actors, like maybe these actors were, were young and they dreamed of becoming actors. They become actors and become, they become maybe really wealthy and famous. And again, like they are living unfulfilled lives. That is why I believe so many actors get involved in charity work and philanthropic um, organizations because they know that really just like acting is not really helping a whole lot of people, but actually really helping people. There is so much fulfillment in that. That's why for so many of them, like that becomes a big part of their life, like, helping people. That's the heart of God. 
for us. Uh, number four, the process of the dream. So like, it's one thing to have a dream, actually seeing that happen. Like there definitely is a process that takes place. And I've been reading through the life of um, Elisha's ministry and, and how he was called and what he did in my, my Bible plan. And uh, it's been interesting to see uh, the process um, and as I was preparing this come through of what, what I've been reading. So firstly, dreams require courage. In 1 Kings 19, verse 19 to 20. So this is just after Elijah hears from the Lord to appoint Elisha as his successor. We pick up the story, verse 19. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. And in the culture of the time, that basically meant if you received a mantle from a prophet, then you were going to be their successor. So it wasn't like Elijah just thought he was cold. It was like, oh, here, have my jacket. It was more like this is a very pivotal time in his life. It was very significant that he was going to be the successor to um, the, the big prophet of the day. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, which told me that there was some time that took place. He was like thinking, well, did this just happen to me? I actually need to do something. And then he said, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I've done to you. So um, it's a little bit ambiguous. Some scholars believe that he went straight away. Others believe that there was some time that he actually took time to think through what had happened. But despite that, Elisha was faced with something that he had to have a lot of courage to do, to leave all of his livelihood the way he had lived life up until then and to completely have a change of direction in his life. It took courage. And to see our dreams fulfilled is always going to take courage. And courage simply means doing something, even though you're afraid or even though you have fear, you will do it anyway. Like courage is not having no fear. It's actually doing it afraid. And I believe that Elisha, did it afraid. He had this incredible courage because like, it was going to ch- it change his life. Like, he was no longer going to be plowing fields. He was going to be an assistant or the successor to a prophet. And again, John Eldridge says this, you need to recover that adventure God wrote on your heart when he made you. I'll say that again. You need to recover that adventure God wrote on your heart when he made you. Your deepest desires reveal your deepest calling, the adventure God has for you. You must decide whether or not you'll exchange a life of control born out of fear for a life of risk born out of faith. You must decide whether or not you'll exchange a life of control born out of fear for a life of risk born out of faith. And I really do think, you know, when Moses was called by God, like he spends like a couple of chapters like arguing with God, saying, I'm not the one, please send someone else, please send anyone else. Like it's not something he wanted to do. I do believe that this is what, this is a dream in Elisha's life. The fact that he, he just like goes with him, it wasn't like a, I, I can't do this. He was like, okay, let me say goodbye to my parents first, get things in order, then I'm with you. So there was always a, a passion and a desire and a dream in his life. Dreams require courage. Secondly, dreams require sacrifice. There is always cost. We need to burn bridges to see our dreams come to pass. And the next verse, it says, So Elisha returned to his oxen 
and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Like, why did he do that? Maybe he understood that when the going got tough, when he saw his dreams fulfilled, then he would always be tempted to have a fallback plan. But he's like, no, this is it. I'm, I'm shifting. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to live the dream that he has made for me. And to do that successfully, I'm just going to have to, to make a, a radical life change and burn some bridges. So his very livelihood, I imagine, plowing fields, need a lot of equipment. You actually need cows. He, he kills the cows, eats them, um, and, and burns all his equipment. Like There is no turning back for Elisha, but he's living the dream. So dreams require sacrifice, number, or C, the third part. Dreams require positioning. A little bit later on in the story, in 2 Kings 2, I think it is, Elijah tells Elisha he's going to be taken to heaven. And Elisha's saying, well, basically, maybe, like, I don't want you to go. I'm not going to let you go. And if you read the story, like three times, Elijah really encourages Elisha, like, stay at this town, stay over here, I'm, I'm going to go away, God's going to take me, but you stay there. And three times, Elisha says, no, I'm going to stay with you. Why is he so adamant on staying with Elijah? Because Elijah asks him, well, what do you want, what do you want God to do with you? And he says, I want a double portion of your anointing. Um, and Elijah doesn't say, well, that's pretty greedy of you. Like, that's not, no, he, I guess it's a thing that um, was, was a noble Asked, but he says, I can't do that. Like, God can do that, but when you, if you see me go to heaven, um, then, then that's going to happen. So, Elisha is like, There is no way I'm going to let Elisha out of my sight. Um, if I get to see him when he goes to heaven, then I want, and, and I get the double portion, I'm, I'm not going to let him go. So, he sticks to him like glue. He positions himself to see the dream come true. Like, we need to position ourselves in the right place. And he sees Elijah go to heaven in a whirlwind. Like There has to be a, a heavenly chariot come between them because otherwise, like I guess Elisha would have been holding on and would have gone along for the ride. I don't know. But like, it had to be, like God had to intervene because he was so desperate. Then the mantle came down and he took Elijah's mantle. We've got to position ourselves. Like when, when Christy and I felt the call of God in our lives, like we had a bit of a, a radical change. We went to Bible college for two years, not really knowing what we wanted to do, but we wanted to position ourselves to see the God dreams God had placed in our lives come to pass. Um, we joined this church and went to the leadership and said, look, we don't even know what we're good at. We haven't discovered our giftings yet. We sort of like working with young people, but we will serve wherever. Again, it's positioning ourselves. Like it's not just going to happen if you're watching Friends on Netflix and think God's going to fulfill all your dreams. It's just not. We need to position ourselves. I, I, I roast Friends a lot when I talk about it and Netflix. But you, you, you know my heart. Dreams require positioning. Are you positioning yourself to see God's dreams come true? And lastly, dreams require action. So Elijah's taken up to heaven. Elisha has a double portion of the anointing. And now the armies of Israel, their dream is to, to, to waste the Moabites who, who were the enemy. Um, so they sort of have a collab between the armies of Israel and Judah and Edom. 
um, and they go on the march and they want to want to defeat the Moabites. Um, but for seven days, they're, 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 they're out marching and there's no water left and they're starting to die of thirst. Like the animals and them, it's like they're in, in deep, deep trouble. Like seven days without water? Like I don't know how when the water dr- like dried up, but they just got no water and they cry out to God. They, they cry out to Elisha and say, please intercede on our behalf. We, we need a word from the Lord. So their dream is to see the Moab, Moabites defeated. And then we pick up the story, 2 Kings 3.16. Elisha said, Thus says the Lord make, make, Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, You shall not see wind, or shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. And if you read the stories, the, the Israelites, they dug ditches and God miraculously caused water to be there. And the Moabites saw the, they, they, the, the sun shined off the water. They thought it was blood and they freaked out and they were defeated. So God had a plan, but what did the Israelites have to do? They had to, they had to do something. They had to dig ditches. To, to be able to carry what God wanted to do in this situation. It's time for us to dig ditches. What is a ditch in your life that you can practically do now or position yourself now to see your God dreams come true? I've heard it said that good fortune is when opportunity and good planning um, collide. And I think with God in the mix, I do believe that our God dreams come true when, when God sets up the opportunity with the anointing and that when that collides with our planning and preparation, that we've positioned ourselves and that we've dug some ditches to prepare for what God has got in our lives, then God sees those dreams fulfilled in our lives. What's a ditch that you can dig now in your life? What can you do right now? Eleanor Roosevelt, the great uh, president's wife she was very wise she says it takes as much energy to wish wish sorry takes as much energy to wish as it does to plan proverbs 16:3 says commit your actions to the lord and your plans will succeed complete commit your actions to the lord and your plans will succeed if you have got no plans then how can god make no plans succeed so this just takes for granted that we're already planning how are we planning? If you've got a God dream in your heart, maybe it is to, to teach God's word and to unpack God's word. Like that's a dream in my life. Are you actually going to a connect group that teaches God's word? Uh, have you rocked up to one of the home group leaders and says, look, I really want to get involved. I really want to learn. I believe this is a God call in my life. Can I be your assistant? Are you positioning yourself? Are you digging ditches? Are you starting small? Are you preparing yourself for what God has got for you because he's given you a God dream? Or are you just like, well, like God's got this great teacher call and gift in my life and like, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm just going to sit watching friends on Netflix and God's God, so he's just going to, it's like never going to happen unless we position ourselves and dig ditches. So living the dream, we've got a few minutes left. When we see our dreams fulfilled, there are still going to be challenges in life. Like a huge dream for the Israelite nation for hundreds of years was to have the promised land that God had promised them. That they, they see that dream fulfilled. There's still giants. There's still challenges. Even living with God dreams fulfilled, there's always going to be challenges in our life. So just remember that. 
Like, we are never too old as well. Um, Kevin Forlong, you guys know him well. He's, he's a great friend of this church. I think he's over 75 years old now. He's just planted a church. Like, 75 years old. Um, so, like, we're never too old. We're never too young to have a God dream come to pass. So, um, so where we're going as we wrap this up, and if we can have the band up, that would be awesome. Like, as, as a church now and talking about dreams, like there is so much pressure on senior pastors to have all the dreams and all the visions for a church. It's like before the, the, the next year, it's like, pastor, what dream and what vision do you have for the church? And, and sometimes, honestly, it's like, well, I've just been on holiday and like I haven't really been thinking about work much, um, but I'm sure it's like go and make disciples. That sounds like a good one. So you end up sort of making some words up to make people happy. I don't want Renewed Church to be a place where only I have a vision. Like, I believe that this should be a place where dreamers can arise, that the culture here is so hope-giving and encouragement-filled that we are so inspired, every single one of us, to see our dreams fulfilled. Because it's not just about one person, it's all of us living as a whānau and a community together. And, And your God dreams are no less important than my God dreams. But they're your dreams. And we can't, like, I can't grab your dreams and make them mine because they're not my dreams. Again, so often people come up and say, well, Simon, I've got, this this is what Renew Church should be doing and it's a great ministry and I'll just leave that with you. Um, And I'll be praying. It's like, again, like, that's not necessarily my vision. That's something that you've got. So maybe you need to put feet to that vision and commit and position yourself. If God's giving you that God vision, then maybe God's calling you to to see that come to pass. So if you have a vision from the Lord as far as a ministry um, and you're really excited about it, please, I I really encourage you to to come to us and to talk to us about it because we want to see this place, a place where dreamers arise and see their dreams come true. But if you come up to me and say, Simon, I've got a great idea for a ministry, I will usually say this, well, that's awesome. Like, spend time thinking about that. Write the vision down and show me your plan. Show me that you have put time and effort and, and, and sacrifice into this, that you are serious about this. And once you've done that, come back to me, let me know, and then we'll discuss it with the team. You know, so often people never do that next step. And that is really sad. Because again, I believe that all of us have God dreams. I believe that church is so powerful that that if anything, if there was ever a time, it's time for us as as God's people to rise up and see our dreams. I believe that revival simply is every single one of us living our God dreams. Obviously, it's surrendering to God first but He will give us the the desires of your heart. Revival is all of us doing that because a God dream will always inspire and encourage and help and bless other people. So in conclusion, and if we could all stand up, one takeaway. I would ask us all to be serious about this. I've just got a phrase, and next when when you're spending time with the Lord or, or when you're talking, maybe you can discuss this in your connect groups. This is, this is the line. I dream of the day God will use me to make a significant contribution to his kingdom by blank. I dream of the day God will use me to make a significant contribution to his kingdom by, and there is 
Like, what is it? Like, ask yourself, start to dream again. Like if you once had a God dream and it's been squashed, dare to dream again. You're no longer slaves to the situation. You are a son and daughter of the Lord. Your God can make dreams come true. And at the end of the day, it's about blessing others through you. And He will see those things take place. Dream again. Dream again. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.